HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program brought to you by Union Beer, purveyors of world-class ales and lagers. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hi, this is Joe Campanelli, the host of In the Drink. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 and the Good Beer Seal. Today is a Tuesday, February 17th. We're doing a special New York City Beer Week preview featuring some of the brewers of the Smash Beers, uh, which some of the New York City Brewers Guild guys have made. So we've got a great show. we got Big Alice, Bitter and Esters, Rockaway, and Cousette in the house. And thanks to our sponsor, United Beer Distributors, supplier of world-class ales and lagers. If you've got any questions for today, you can tweet us at beer underscore session. Maggie will be out there tweeting live. All right, so this is a special show, guys. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank we you. Got, uh, everybody introduce yourselves because this is pretty cool. Beer Week's coming up next week, and you guys made some Smash Bros. So, Kyle, how you doing, man? I'm awesome, Jimmy. It's I'm so pumped to beer with you guys. That's me too. It's a exciting time. We're you know all in our final preparations for uh, for Beer Week and. Uh, you know, we're, I think we're all you know really excited, really excited, looking forward. So to the it. the big news this year is is the the smash beer that a number of the New York City brewers made. You got Chris Kuzme with the the new label Kuzette. How you doing, Jimmy? And Marcus from Rockaway. Hey, Jimmy, what's up? And our homebrew extraordinaire, you got John from Bitter and Esters. Hey, Jimmy, thanks for having me, man. So one thing that came of last year's Beer Week from our New York City's Brewers Choice event. Uh, there's a Grow NYC regional grain project, and they've been working up upstate with different farmers to grow grains. And there's other guys working with hop, hop makers. But last year, we had about 20 breweries make a, a beer with a percentage of New York State grain. But this year, you guys, the New York City Brewers Guild with Kelly Taylor, you guys jumped ahead and, and you created a beer with all New York ingredients. Uh, why don't you guys each talk about that process and, and the beers that, that you guys made? Chris, you want to start? I do, because the, re- the way it kind of formulated itself as we decided to do this project but uh, we didn't know what grains and what malt we were actually going to use and as a guild collectively we threw out uh, what options were out there and we all voted on three malts and three hops uh, that we found out were available in New York State uh, available to us and so it's kind of we collectively decided on uh, on our favorite to use and then have all been free to make our own beers uh, under those parameters and those three malts are uh, New York State two row 
uh, Denko rye and uh, a Vienna malt. Uh, and then the hops were Cascade, Chinook, and Willamette. However, there was a shortage of, of both of those in certain cases. Uh, so not all of the beers actually use all three. Um, but, but as best we could, we all chimed in on that. And Kyle, what, what's your take on this? Because th- this is pretty exciting. Well, yeah, I mean, we're, uh, we're a New York State farm brewery anyway, so, you know, we use uh, New York State malts and hops in, in all of our beers, but it was really, you know, kind of cool to see everybody, you know, come together in a way to support, you know, the New York State farmers. And, uh, you know, the you know, the collaboration behind it all, and, and, you know, we all got together to, like like uh, Chris said, to vote on all of the, you know, the ingredients. And, and even when they were getting delivered, uh, like, like Chris said, there were some shortages and, and some stuff, you know, got mixed up and went to the wrong place. I know uh, Rockaway and, and, and Big Alice, you know, went back and forth with uh, both some malts and some hops to try to, you know, ex- exchange to make sure we had, uh, you know, enough for everybody to uh, to make what we needed. So what was the plan? You, you have to each use some of the three malts and some of the three hops? Well, the, the, challenge, the challenge was given to each brewery to design a different beer. Everybody designed their own beer from the same three hops and the same three... Um, Malts. Malts. Exclusive. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, no, I think everybody tried to use all of those ingredients. We certainly used all three ingre- all three of each ingredient in our beer. We actually decided to do sort of a, com- a California common ale, <clears throat> which is um, uses a lager yeast, which is fermented at higher temperatures. So it's actually, it actually takes a very long time to pr- produce. And I brought today uh, one of our other California commons we did right before this beer to just give you an idea of how it tastes, the dryness of, of that yeast strain. However, in this other canister, I have the unfinished smash brew, which still has yet to finish lagering and get carbonated, so we can taste that later. So, so these will be available. I know at New York City's Brewer's Choice, I think there's <clears throat> what, 10 New York City breweries that made a smash beer. I know it's you guys, Rockaway, Big Alice, Cousette. Pretty sure a Six Point, Bronx, Kelso, Heartland, Bridge and Tunnel, and uh, Transmitter, and probably uh, Finback. I believe Finback did. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's that's quite a nice lineup. Yeah, and it's be, it's going to be really awesome to see the diversity of of, uh, of of the of the beers. I think everybody's trying to be different, and given the given the nature of of what we chose, it kind of lends itself to being, you know, a certain beer. And I think we all tried to kind of do something off the beaten path. And then, John, you, you as a home brewer, you guys are also going to be at. We have a couple home group tables at the New York City Brewers Choice. Uh, you, you guys the, went out and made a New York ingredient beer too. Is this the first time that you had home brewers at Brewers Choice? Um, um, I think sure? so. We may have had one or two. I mean, we've had like a Brooklyn Brew Shop do a demo or something like that. But I don't think we ever had exclusively a home brew group. We have like ten home brewers, which is really awesome. We've all been talking uh, back and forth about getting ingredients and stuff. Um, we weren't part of the the guild thing as far as the what ingredients we were using and stuff so um we didn't follow any rules at all uh the one rule that i, I followed was all new york state malt i ended up using uh, having to use yakima uh hops but uh we did use new york state malt it was kind of cool to talk to all these great home brewers who all are really into this project and we all um made sure that we if i had extra grain they could have some of that because uh, the, the new york malts are a little hard to get as uh Home brewers, you can get them, but they're they're a little bit more difficult. So we used all New York State craft malt in our beer. We made a um, a pale ale called um, "Hey, I'm Walking Here," uh, which is uh, it's a true New York pale ale. And um, what movie was that from? I was from Midnight Cowboy. Right. I believe, right? I'm walking here, dedicated to the tourists. And- yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, I use Amarillo Cascade and uh, Horizon Hops, and I used uh, all New York water, which was uh, really good. I wanted to make sure that I stuck with the New York theme. But I'm very excited. I'm really honored, actually, to be part of the uh, the Brewers choice uh it's a great company i'm really excited and when you say new york water you mean new york profile like you didn't do it use any no, salt kidding i mean I, I took use tap water but, did, uh, but i always use salt, salt. you yes, always I use salt i always so use salt yeah i i uh, adjust my mash with calcium uh just to bring the, the mash down it's, the ph down a little bit that's interesting um for you know for the big alice smash uh we actually made a decision to not treat the water in any way we right. went with with straight new york city tap water with uh, no additives at all you know, we, we we talked about it and and made that as a conscious decision to to go with that to, to really try to you know highlight uh, the New York State. Style. Kyle, what what did you guys make? For uh, so we actually we branched out and did something really different for us, and we did an IPA. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is different uh, for exotic. you. Exotic, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> by off the math, off your normal beat. Yeah, you know. Like, so what, I mean, everybody you had that carrot oat. It was like the oat and carrot beer last year. Yes, yeah, we did a carrot and oat IPA. I mean, we, we've you know for those of if you are familiar with our beer, you know we've done some you know really kind of crazy experimental stuff. But it's always very malt forward. We don't I mean because of the sheer volume of malts we used, it was difficult for us to make anything that was hop forward. So um, yeah, in in this case, we we dialed it back and uh, you know went with a more traditional uh, you know imperial IPA and uh, you know which like I said is is. Not uncommon for everybody else, but it's uh, it's rare for you know for an IPA to be uh, coming out of Big Alice. <laughs> <laughs> what what did you make, Marcus, at Rockaway? Uh, we did a California Common style, which I, I said before. It's it has it's amazing the how prominent the rye is. We used a very small amount of the rye malt, and it really really came forward in the beer, uh, which will be really interesting. I think the really cool thing about this project, having ten breweries all doing. Um, different beers from the same ingredients is that it really kind of showcases the fact that craft beer is growing in New York City and everybody's doing something different. So they're not people copying each other's styles or beers. Everybody has seems to have a, a distinctly different style they're going for, a different flavor palette, and everybody's doing really interesting stuff. Right now there's three breweries in Long Island City, Transmitter, Big Alice, and Rockaway Brewing, for instance. You can come and taste beers on a weekend and, and have a completely different palette on each brewery. So it's it's really exciting time for craft beer in general. I think that this project really shows that, you know, we are all doing really different things and it's a really cool time for for beer in New York. Chris, for you and Mary as Cousette, what did, what did you make for beer? Yes, as Cousette Libations, we brewed at Greenpoint Beer Works, and we brewed a uh, what we're calling an American Grisette. So we're calling it the Cousette Grisette. And a Grisette is a small uh, small saison and uh, so this is a very light, sessionable saison, 4.3%, but it really showcases the New York State hops. Like, we dry hopped it a lot with the New York State Cascade, which are, which was very – it was kind of a different Cascade. It wasn't as grapefruity as other Cascades. So this is more like lemon and orangey uh, kind of thing. has some melon in the back. Um, and that's dancing with the Belle Saison yeast that, that we threw in there. And it's a really fun beer. And in the interest of making it through Craft Beer Week or New York City Beer Week, uh, it's low ABV, so we can we can pull them back. Hey Chris, uh, what hop farm did you use for those? Peterson. Peterson. So we sourced yeah we sourced the Cascade for, and Willamette from Peterson. I don't know where the Schnook came, came because uh, by the time Blue I Bell. saw the thing, where Bluebell. Bluebell. So yeah. I didn't I didn't see where the, I didn't. I didn't so they're all I'm not familiar with the Schnook. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Peterson with a D, not a T. But what was interesting, they didn't give you alpha acids on it, so we didn't really kind of kind of couldn't fully. Tr- 
project we're, where where our IBUs we're would end up. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that's part of what makes it fun. Thankfully for for the grisette or for the Le saison, like I didn't want too many IBUs, and, and I'm going more for the you know on, on, on last week's show. I mean, you guys are timing it right to the wire, right? I mean, some of you are just going to keg today or tomorrow. Today, yeah, yeah we're transferring today. And uh, I was last week on the show. We had transmitter on, and he already had uh, his beer ready. He called it New York One, and that was it was pretty great because. There was something about it. There was a lot of malt. You could taste it. It tasted grainy. And then it finished with a little sour. But I, I think these are probably going to be some of the best beers that we've had in New York yet. That's that's my expectation. Yeah, we had to wait to the very last minute to keg ours because it's the, the California common yeast takes a long time to clean up in the lagering process. So we just, just kegged it yesterday. All right. I got something pouring here, Jimmy. It's uh, what we call New York Nugget. It's one of our store recipes. And uh, the reason why it's a New York Nugget is because we get... Uh, hops from farm to pint out in Long Island, and they have a beautiful nugget that they come out with every year. Um, this is not made with their hops because we sell out instantly whenever we get them, but uh, this recipe is written for uh, their, their nugget hops, That's and good. so uh, we had some had some on tap at the store, and so I brought some in. I really like this recipe. I think it's nice. It's, uh, the hops, the hops are, are easy to come by. Uh, the local hops, but they do sell out quickly, and and they don't pelletize generally, uh, so they're they yeah. pa- they're harder to to store because they're at least in my store they're harder to store. John, are week. you doing anything for Beer Week at Bitter and Esters? Because tell us about the National Pie Day. You oh. always do some cool <laughs> events. You're a homebrew shop and you do classes, but you always have great events. Um, the Pie Day was just because of Charlie Papazian when he came to the store. Uh, he mentioned that his birthday was National Pie Day. So uh, we decided to do a beer and pie festival on his birthday, and then we, uh, all the money is going to two different charities. One is for breast cancer, and the other one is for a school in Colorado that Charlie asked us to do for it. So that was a blast. Yeah, we love to do that sort of thing. We had 70 people in the store, 30 pies, 30 people made pies. Um, what we're doing for uh, New York Beer Week is uh, we're doing this. We're, we're going to be doing the um, Brewer's Choice, and we're also doing uh, Brunity. And Brunity is really an exciting thing. That's happening on the 22nd at the Bell House. Our, uh, our people, are, we have a beer swap that we do every first Wednesday of every month where people bring in uh, homebrew and swap it, and they've formed a club. And now 10 of those people in that club, uh, we call them uh, the swap team, uh, formed another club <laughs> called so that's the ne- Bruma, Next Bruma, Sunday, Bruma, February 22nd. February 22nd. Yeah. And they're, go- they're all going to be pouring at uh, Brunity. And, and uh, Chris and I are going to be playing in a band, apparently, right. at uh, Brunity as well. <laughs> right. So that should be pretty the, hardcore. The, the banded bruisitions. The brand, I, I wanted to call the this the Crabtree effect. <laughs> I thought that would be good. So, Chris, I remember you guys you guys started doing talking about the Brunity like two years ago. Wasn't yeah, it? the first event we did, actually, you uh, kind of helped let, set it into motion that South Street Seaport was kind of the first time we attempted to get all the all the club, invite, have an all-inclusive club thing for a, for a benefit and a cause and keep the South Street Seaport Museum alive and we had a decent amount of musicians or <laughs> musicians I mean we had a decent amount of brewers our home brewers at that and uh, you know it was neat to have musicians yeah musicians <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, and then the second thing time we we had something like this happen was for the New York City's Home Brewers Guild 25th anniversary and it was like okay you know there's so many clubs now uh, compared to when I started home brewing in New York City uh, that you know we we all should all our individual clubs are really important, but collectively we can do some really great things and so the idea is to to give back to our community and celebrate the art of zimmergy and homebrewing um, and the the burgeoning scene so we just really want to keep this going on an, on an annual basis uh, share I'll tell you, there, there's there's so many great things happening for New York City beer week and it 's such a great scene now but we 'll be back in a few minutes and talk more about it on beer sessions we're here. Right.
hey, hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Jimmy's number 43. We're getting ready for a New York City Beer Week. We've got a great lineup here. We've got Big Alice, Bitter and Esters, Rockaway, and Cousette. I don't even know their names anymore. I just know who they are. <laughs> you can call me Bitter and Esters. I'm but fine with that. They made some special beers uh, for Beer Week. The Smash Beer we've been talking about, all, all New York State malt and hops, which is pretty great. And there's some events coming up. Our New York City Brewers Choice is back February 24th. But to kick it off on, on opening night, it's a Friday night, February 20th. I love that the, that the Brewers Guild decided that, that pushing people to go to the top beer bars and have a toast at 7 o'clock on Friday, February 20th. Chris, I know you were part of that. I was. So we were trying to make uh, the night be all completely unique kegs in New York City, but it was just kind of an impossible feat, to, to be honest, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. So we've expanded that to being rare, and un- rare, special, and unique kegs uh, that we're featuring at, uh, at participating bars. And at 7 o'clock, all of them will be tapped, and that we'll have... We'll have a, a toast, hopefully, at each at each individual place. But yes, driving traffic and also by having a list of these beers, allowing the consumer or the attendees to kind of design their own uh, pub crawls based around the beers they would like to try out of these special beers. So you, you think at seven o'clock this Friday, February twentieth, there'll be all these cowbells ringing and beer bars around <laughs> town. Are. More cowbell. More cowbell. Yeah. yeah. More, more cowbell. It should be the more cowbell toast. <laughs> I'm excited by it. I mean, I know we're, we're going to have, I and mean, we've got so many of the, the smash beers coming in. I'm not even sure which one we're going to tap. I mean, we're supposed to be tapping Secret, Secret Engine Rocky Point beers, but we have we have Transmitter. We, you know, we'll have a lot of stuff uh, coming on that night. And then the opening party is on Saturday, February 21st. Um, that's also another. How many brewers are coming to that? That's at the Altman Building. That's a great location, uh, like 18th Street. Near Chelsea, yeah, 135 18th Street between 6th and 7th Avenue, and uh, that's going to be from noon to 5, but uh, noon to 1 is VIP hour, and I think those tickets have been sold out. We're going to have 50 different brewers, and that's going to be an interesting thing, too, because what we're really trying to do with all of this is kind of celebrate the New York City beer scene, and so we, we're kind of laying out the breweries. Uh, tied with a geographic location, not necessarily in their own geographic location, but um, at least having some bar representation also at at the festival. So the floor map will be kind of like that of uh, the Great American Beer Festival, where you have the country divided into sections. And so, uh, you know, we'll have uh, upper uptown, downtown, east, downtown, west, uh, Brooklyn, Bronx, and uh There'll be a floor map dealing with all Queens. of that, and kind of in Queens. Queens. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Queens. Hey, sorry, Queens, Queens Bronx, uh, Staten, Island, Staten Island. You know, um, and uh, and you know, kind of emulating what we hope to be like beer trails. So you're gonna and, have and uh, uh, casks there too, as well. And there will be a full full on uh, uh, cask little cask session section of roughly 25 casks. And you can find out more information about Is Alex Holland involved with the casks? By uh, not on this one. I'm wow. sure he will be there. But uh, but uh, it's kind of being uh, in conjunction with Get Real Presents. So Patrick Doniger is uh, helping set up that that side of things. Uh, That's great, man. So there's so many good things going on. And we'll talk more about some of the smaller events to it, different bars and things. So let's go back to the Smash Beer. So you guys collectively chose three, three malts and three hops. And at least ten breweries made beer with a similar profile but each unique. Um, so Marcus... For you guys at Rockaway, how did you get the ingredients? I mean, was it like one big drop, or did you each get your own orders of, of the ingredients? Because it sounds complicated. It, it was a little com- complicated. Normally what we do for our grains and, and hops, we just contact one big supplier, and they, they drop it off on a pallet, and it's done. But this was a little more complicated. It had, had to do with going down to, to Kelly's Brewery down downtown Brooklyn and 
getting our grains and hops. And I think there was a little confusion, some mix-ups between different ones. I think the rye, which is a very predominant flavor in our beer, uh, there was a couple of different styles. I think it was roasted in two different ways. So it should be interesting to see which brewers ended up with the darker roasted rye and which the lighter should really change this, the style and flavor of the beer, for sure, because it's such a strong ingredient. And Chris, for you and Mary Fercuza, what what did you make again? We made a light say we're calling it an, an American grisette, so it's basically a table saison. And most grisettes we like to put below four percent, so we're calling it an American grisette. So we're at four point three, and we're also very hoppy on it. Uh, and we did um, about fifteen percent rye, and the rest was all U.S. two row because they were out of uh, the Vienna at the time, which I think for the grisettes can be really nice. That's nice. Well, it is really nice. Hey, we should try some big house. What did you bring, Kyle? Uh, so I brought our Queen's Honey Brown which uh, we'll actually be serving alongside our smash. So I didn't have our smash ready to bring today, so I brought uh, its companion. Uh, actually, here, you guys pour. Yeah, I, we, I can't talk and pour at the same time. I can't talk and count money. Yeah, well. I don't think I can count money. I don't <laughs> think I was going to say. <laughs> I need but some this, money to count it. <laughs> this honey, though, is this is a, a Queen's Rooftop honey? Yeah, so, so you know, I wanted to find something else that, that featured local ingredients uh, you know, in, in a way that uh, – you know, is is still unique to to this event, but uh, you know, kind of unique upon itself. So, the uh, the brown uh, is actually a style I hadn't had or made in it's it's been a number of years. Uh, this beer was actually inspired by a trip I took with my wife, and uh, to we, where in Madison, Wisconsin, we we hit five different breweries, uh, spent the night, and. Uh, you know, every one of them made a really good brown. I'm like, you know, it was like, like an old friend. I'm like, wow, welcome back. It was it was really refreshing. And I had 15 pounds of this uh, you know, Queen's Rooftop Honey uh, from Tom Wilk at, at Wilk Apiary. And, uh, you know, I had another recipe planned for it, but I came back from that trip, and I was, I was brewing when I got back, and I you know, totally this, changed this is a, John, what's the profile of this? Because this is exactly what I like. It's a nice brown ale. First of all, the color is amazing. It was the first hand. It was really uh, like a ruby brown almost, like a red brown, really nice. Um, the profile is of, uh, I guess, a, a, a nut brown, right, like a North England? Yeah, it's... But with um, with that honey, uh, the, the honey is... When you use honey in brewing, the better quality of the honey, the better the beer is going to be. It's really noticeable in brewing. So if you use just uh, supermarket honey, you notice. <laughs> and uh, I notice that the honey flavor coming out of this is uh, delicious. It's great. And yeah, I wish I, I I wish I knew more about local honey. And, and uh, you know, we've gotten a couple of different honeys uh, from uh, from Wilk, and you know, they they differ greatly in in color. And uh, you know, so I, I brought the honey that's actually in this beer. Uh, it's never by Jimmy there, and it's great, unfiltered. Oh, it's, it's twigs beautiful. and leaves in there. And, yeah, if there's, I don't know if there's twigs and leaves from in a there, Brooklyn roof, rooftop. No, Queens. Five oh, Queens, different, Queens. five different Queens uh, rooftops. And uh, wow. yeah, so it's it's called Queens Honey Brown, and it's not just a clever name. It actually has Queens Honey in it. So it's uh, you know, in addition to uh, you know a percentage of, of New, York, New York State hops and malts, it's uh, you know. You know, literally uh, New York State and, and very specifically, you know, Queens uh, honey. Kyle, so you, I didn't know you were from Wisconsin. I never knew that. I, I am. I'm a transplant. I've uh, been in New York about seven years now. So you say because just because you're from Wisconsin, you like beer? Uh, you know, Wisconsin is is obviously reading your bio here. It's so. a huge <laughs> beer state. It's it's not, or at least it wasn't, a big craft beer state. Uh, but I'll tell you what, they they've really come a long way. I, I, I get back pretty frequently and. Every time I go back, I feel like the uh, you know their local section. It's like is, you and Shane Welch from Six Point. 
You're the only two guys in New York from Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I, you know? I don't know the only two. But, uh, <laughs> my business partner, Douglas, is from uh, Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. Nice. Yeah. Beaver Dam. Yeah. Wisconsin. 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 Yeah. Teaching me how to speak like that. What are some of the breweries in Wisconsin that you used to drink? Well, you know, I, I, I tell the story. I don't know if you guys have seen the, uh, the movie Pleasantville. Where everything's in black and white until they start having sex, and then everything turns to color. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's beer for me. I I grew up drinking a lot of you know really nasty beers, and and you know I I don't mean to disparage those beers, but you know they were your you know your traditional American lot. I was forgetting and, Milwaukee's in Wisconsin. Yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of a lot of beer comes out of Milwaukee, and and I I think I drank my share of it, but uh, you know the, my friend was a home brewer, and I went to his house, and uh, we actually had the families together, and. Uh, he busted out a bottle of his homebrew, and, and I took a drink of it, and and like that's that's when you know beer became colorful to me, and and my wife I think saw my reaction to that, and the next holiday happened to be Father's Day, and uh, I got my first homebrew kit, uh, you know uh, that was back in I think nineteen ninety eight, so it's uh, it's been a while. No, it's great. I mean, I love that you know we had so many people in this room who were homebrewers, and now they kind of you're pro brewers, and. It shows. I think they said when uh, the Bronx just opened their brewery in, in the Bronx, it's the 20th brewery. Do you know the numbers on how many breweries are in New York City right now? Actually brewing in New York City, I think you're right. It's a, it's 20 or 21 at this point. Um, I don't know the number of, of, yeah. of for Bronx. I remember when we started all this stuff at Good Brewery Steel 2009, there were like three breweries plus like Chelsea, maybe four, you know. So that's pretty amazing. But um I just cheers to you guys for doing it. And Marcus, with you at Rockaways, Hell when you yeah. talk about having sex and going from black and white to color, <laughs> it sounds like a, a summer in the Rockaways. So, yeah, or so, something like where you hang out. So, yeah, I mean, Rockaways. It's funny we make our beer in Long Island City, and that's where our brewery is. That's where our tap room is. And um, we really love the Rockaways. My partner and I were home brewers for you know five years, brewing beer out in Rockaways in the summertime at our houses. We have little bungalows by the beach. And, um, you know, we just became kind of maniacal about it, started buying refrigerators and freezers and, you know, CO2 compression systems. And at some point, I just sort of looked at it and said, we, we have to start a company because this is getting out of hand. So we can at least write off the taxes of all these purchases. <laughs> and also, we were making good beer. At that time, you know, four years ago, five years ago, there weren't like any good ESBs on the market, like local ESBs, and, and it just seemed like, wow, there's a real lack. I mean, now there's lots of great beers in New York, but five years ago, there weren't that many local beers to really drink. You know, you, you uh, use one, I think you quoted me in one of your beers, because I was at Pine Box Rock Shop there tonight, and they have your uh, the Rockaway Gold Stout on. And it said something that, that it was my favorite beer or something. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, all right, that was the first year we made it. it was like three years ago, I think. And uh, you had it up at Jimmy's 43, and uh, you were quoted in some article saying, this is the, my favorite beer of 2012 or something. <laughs> that was pretty close. I was, if you've ever been, it's right around the corner from Roberta's route here in Bushwick, Pine Box Rock Shop. I don't know the name of the streets out here, but it's like right off of Bogart. Right Do you know it? Anyways, they, they actually have a great, a great lineup of beers, and, and I'm, I'm going to digress. But for me, New York City Beer Week is also not just the, the new breweries that, that are here in New York and making great beers and now stepping up with like New York State malt and hop beers. But it's also the places like we have this good Brazil group because awards are given out to, to bars that are dedicated to craft beer. But they also do things like they keep their lines clean. And we're going to do a show in March where we're actually going to be focusing on you know cleaning lines and, and, and the things about delivering your beer. So it's good. And um, they're one place. The lines are clean. They always have a really great lineup of beer. So Pine Box Rock Shop, Heather and Jeff, uh, you know, on Gratton, Gratton Street. Oh, yeah. That's it. 
So yeah, cleaning, li- cleaning lines is a huge deal. I sometimes I go into big big beer places and I, I take like a Lagunitas, you know, something you know that's going to be exactly the way you think it's going to be, and it just tastes like shit. And that's that's where we're at now. I mean, one thing about a beer because a lot a lot of places are going to be attention for having certain beers on, but if they're not cleaning their lines or they don't have like a regular kind of beer program. It kind of like takes the fun out of it, you know. Yeah, sir. It's definitely. Sir. I mean, the thing, the challenge for us as small beer producers, is we know exactly how it tastes when we keg it, and then we go to you go to the bars and restaurants where you're selling the beer, and then sometimes it tastes different, and then you just think, oh, I've got to go talk to somebody about this. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's really it's, important. Isn't really, the next the next step for things like Brewers Guild and Crapper Week is doing more education because a lot of times, it, even at my place, we'll have a new bartender and they'll be like, "Oh, this beer is foamy." It's like, well, you know what? It might be. It's not. It might be foamier than some of the more commercial and mainstream beers you're used to pouring. But sometimes it's going to be a little foamy, and you just you just have to know there's there's differences. You know. In, in, in fresh local beer, too. And that's that's kind of an awareness thing that I don't think anybody's really training people right now to, to talk about that. We're trying so to. So we got a long way to go. <laughs> we, we're seeing more and more people interested in beer education because, I mean, you can have beer flowing out of everywhere. And, and if you don't know what it is you're drinking, it, that's fine. You can still like it. But the more you know about what you're drinking and what you're doing, uh, the better the experience is going to be. And the same with the bars. We're finding that, too, that the bars want uh, a little bit more education and I, I would say the first thing is to clean the damn lines. <laughs> and this is why I really support uh, Ray Daniels' project, the Cicerone program. Mm-hmm. You know, even for people who aren't in the service in- industry, it's a great thing to get to know because if you, you're on if you're on the other side of the bar, and by that I mean if you're on the customer side of the bar and you have the information, sometimes it takes you pinging the the bartenders to to so know. I, I think for like for like people. around sixty nine dollars online, you can go to Cicerone. Yeah. I think it's Cicerone.com and take the server level. Might be org, but yeah, it's yeah. a server level course. And I we uh, we used to Sam Merritt used to teach it at Jimmy's number forty three. So I took it several years ago. I learned a lot from it. Yeah, Jimmy, I want to talk a couple, about a couple of things we have organized for uh, for Beer Week um, in Long Island City. We have a pretty exciting thing. It's going to be uh, a tap takeover at Alewife on uh, Wednesday, February twenty fifth. It's going to be Transmitter, Rockaway, and Big Alice. We're all going to bring beers there, so it should be a really good party over there. We also have um, we have a cheese uh, cheese and beer tasting on the twenty sixth of February at Rockaway Brewing at our um, at our uh, at our place in our brewery. Uh, you can get tickets at buyhandculinary.com. And then we'll be also uh, doing a tasting at Malt and Mold, February 26th, uh, and a spaghetti dinner on the 27th at our place again. Spaghetti dinner, I love yeah, that. At, at our brewery upstairs. Our When's the pancake breakfast? <laughs> we'll work on that for you Sunday. Know, that, who's doing a pancake breakfast for Beer Week? That's one thing. I think there's a lot of great events. What's your event, Big I Alice? have all kinds of New York State uh, maple syrup if everybody wants to have a pancake breakfast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, all right. was, that was purchased for this. We're getting warmed up for New York yeah. City Beer Week. we got New York City Brewers Choice coming up next week. Come out and try the Smash beers and other, other brewers made beers with, with New York State Grain. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. <laughs>
Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, uh, Beer Week is coming up on Friday, February 20th. We're going to kick it off at some of the top beer bars in the city. Go in. 7 o'clock, cowbells will be ringing, and you can try some of the most unusual and rare beers in the whole world, many of them made in New York City. So we've got some of the smash beer makers here. We've got some great New York City breweries, Big Alice, Rockaway, and Kuzet, along with uh, our home brewer uh, shop extraordinaire, Bitter and Esther. So, guys, we were talking about the New York ingredients in the smash beer. you gotta go, You got to seek out at least 10 breweries in New York City made these special state malt and state hop beers. And the short list is right now, we know it's Big Alice, Kelso, Heartland, Rockaway, Cousette, Six Point, Bronx, Bridge and Tunnel, Transmitter, and Finback. And there's probably a couple others out there. Um, so you guys got together and agreed on three malts and three hops. And you coordinated, but each one's making a different beer. But, but but tell me some of the other arguments you guys had. Because a committee is meant to argue. <laughs> That's right. So it, what did you want? You, you have Malton Hops, but uh, Nico Kremitis, who's a great writer, Brooklyn Magazine. He said, "Well, what about New York yeasts? <laughs> and then what about other things like syrups and stuff?" Well, I I know uh, Transmitter has uh, a New York yeast, and and I, I want some of it anyway. But uh, yeah, those guys are, are really you know dialed in on their yeasts over there and, and make some great beers with it. So uh, I think that's kind of their secret ingredient. And you know our secret ingredient is our secret ingredients is in that we you know often you know <laughs> just just kind of yeah they're not a secret but you know they're secret to us sometimes before we're <laughs> up until the day we brew. But um, yeah, so early on in the planning stages for Smash, uh, you know I wanted to. You know, add uh, another ingredient, and uh, you know, I w- I was going to make it make sure it was you know also uh, you know one hundred percent New York State, and uh, so I uh, actually uh, uh, my assistant brewer uh, John Kielty, he ran all over. I don't know how many different farmers markets he went to, but to try to track down, we wanted fags. Apparently, last year was a really bad year for fags in New York State, so we couldn't find any of those. Yeah, the last one of the freeze kind of killed a lot of fig plants. Yeah, it was rough. Um, so we ended up landing on uh, on maple syrup, or syrup, I guess, depending if I'm from Wisconsin or not. Apparently, uh, <laughs> different people say that different ways. But, um, yeah, so we, uh, we went and we bought... I, I don't know, like a ridiculous amount. I mean, probably a couple hundred dollars worth of, of New York State maple syrup. And uh, the following week, the, the Brewers Guild had a meeting, and it was put to a vote, and we collectively voted. When you guys to, have a meeting, do all the breweries send representatives? They are all invited to send a representative uh, at these meetings, absolutely. Uh, but not all of them can make it. You know, finding an amicable time for 20 breweries is, is a hard thing to do. Yeah, definitely, and and unfortunately, we were on the short end of that vote, uh, where the vote was to only you know, to limit it to those three malts, three hops, and whatever yeast uh, you, you wanted to use. So, so I, I have a bunch of maple syrup, and, and I love the idea of a pancake breakfast. But uh, and I was, you know, I was leaning on the side of. of- I was leaning on the side of uh, like wanting to allow adjuncts as long as they were only New York State. Um, you know, if anything, it, it kind of speaks to the creativeness and the ingenuity of, of craft brewers today, and, and to the fun that we have as brewers. But at the same time, it takes away from the from from that same point of what you can do with a limited amount of ingredients, and ultimately that one that one over. And uh, you know, I could have gone either way. Uh, but I, I kind of I think I appreciate where where we ended up. I, yeah. I, I agree with you because for me, so far the ones I've tried, like I tried transmitter. 
um, the the malt just tastes really good. Like it just tastes like the kind of beer I want to drink. Wow, it's like it's like nice grain base, some hops. The, you know, the spirit that, of the project is is really to, to feature the malts and hops, and and yeah. I, I I think the decision was the right decision. Uh, you know, even though it wasn't my my original intention, I I do. You'll like where we ended up, and I, I do have a plan to pull out a, uh, a you know five gallons and put it into a, a pin and do a cask, and I'm going to carbonate uh, using the maple. Uh, so, syrup. Yeah, there you I go. love maple hey, syrup, hey. man. Just so you know, you want to drop some off of me. <laughs> so, I can live on that stuff. So yeah, so it hey. will still be used in the smash beer, but in a limited release and probably out of the brewery. Jumping ahead to malt, I'm, I, just because there's the great beer minds in this room. Sorry. One of the new books, it's the Brewing Element series. You might know more about it than me. There's like a water series and yeast this is and hops. Malt, a practical guide from field to brewhouse by John Mallet, who's the big brewer from Bell's. And uh, I got the book. We're trying to get him in on the show. But the point is, it seemed relevant. I've been carrying this book around all week. I'm trying to get all the smash brewers to sign it during beer week. But um, it's pretty heavy stuff. I mean, talking about grains and malts, I mean, there's a little history of malt. But who wants to jump in and give me a primer on malt? Because I feel like everyone's talking about New York State has to grow grains, and then there has to be malt facilities. But everyone seems to know about hops, but I don't think people really get malt. Well, malting is basically a germination process that happens to the seed of the barley. And what that does um, is it allows the uh, – there's a starch matrix that's inside the hull of the, of the grain that will open up that the plant would actually use while growing. And it also uh, creates enzymes, which are a, a type of protein that will break the starches down to their sugar components. So by malting the grain, by basically just germinating it, you make it available for the brewer to be able to mash the grain and uh, convert the starches to sugar. That's a very short way of saying it, and malting is a bit of an art. So malting is, is difficult. Uh, and but the grain matters, too. Yeah, you don't grow malt. You don't grow grain. You, grow you malt the grain. Is a process to become what we but call. But in terms of farmers, for any local beer, local, you know, whether it's North Carolina or somewhere else in New York State, the grains do matter too, right? Yeah. To start with. Oh yeah, yeah. Just how well they're grown to begin with really matters as how well it's going to be malted. Um, I think, and I might be wrong about this, but I think that the the maltsters are where we are in demand more than the actual grain being grown. Uh, we were dealing with New York State craft malt and. With this farm-to-pint uh, law, you have to eventually use, like, 90% of local uh, grains and hops. So the malt is really the problem like as far the as getting enough. The New York Farm Brewery license. Right, so right now it's at 20%. You've got, I think, a couple more years. You have to, Those, those so licenses, more you have 20%. Then it goes to 65, I think, in 2018. Yeah. Before, so before ultimately getting to 90 or 95. Do you see that being feasible? Well, I don't know. Um, the... I think the most important thing, you know, there. Are, I've talked to people who are like, you know what, I, I don't want to get that license because I don't think we'll be able to get the 65% or the 95%. But I, I also believe that the legislature is not going to leave farm breweries out, you know, hang them out to dry, where if it's not possible that they're just going to shut us down. So I think if, you know, and, and every year, you know, the, the state's, you know, getting you know, more more land, uh, you know, developed to, to growing the grains. Uh, and I think this last year, three new monsters opened. Uh, yes. so. so what? There's one called Pioneer. Have you used them? And there's no. New York Craft Malts. Yeah, that's who we're using. And then everyone is Massachusetts. There's Valley, Valley Malt. Valley Malt, yeah. right. We use Valley Malt and uh, New York Craft Malts. I think there's more, too. 
But the cool thing about the fact that we're doing this uh, local malt event, especially hops, are a little bit easier. If you have some acreage, you can grow hops really well in New York State. And so you and grow, they grow and an they grow acre. Quickly. Yeah, you don't. Right. You know, there are a number of hop farms that are using Just, very little length. They grow vertically. They don't. Right. It's not a horizontal. Farm. Having wherewithal and the and the uh, resources to get them tested for off acid seems to be hard to. Yeah, and also packaging is a little, a little yeah. difficult yeah. for them. And there is more pelletizing occurring now too. So it's uh, I mean, we commented on it earlier. It's getting better. And so and, we're getting there. So this smash beer is like. It's a preview of, of things that come that we can expect it's a lot an more. To your, That's right. Absolutely. And then, Marcus, what's the, you poured us. This is a, a, a preview of your smash for you. Yeah, it tastes not the, quite. You can taste this. This is right out of the fermenter. We didn't have the kegs available for this show, but we, I did just grab right out of the fermenter just a, a taste of it because it's really interesting how, how the actual. The, speaking of malt, it's just, you know, really in this, the, the rye really just really comes out really strong and uh you know we didn't overhop this beer it was a really well balanced uh subtle beer so you really taste the grain so definitely the looking at that book just saying malt like this beer definitely has and i don't know if you guys noticed it but when the when the new york state malts come in you know we we keep ours in a a closed room and a dry storage and so when i open that door and i walk in the New York State malts just—they smell different. They smell better. It's—it's—it's it's, it's hard to explain it's or quantify, but well, it's yeah. also a smaller I mean, production, right? You get a smaller production, whereas like you know the big grain suppliers—we're talking about hundreds of thousands of hectares of, of land being cultivated for but it's for beautiful. barley cultivation. Yeah. But yeah, these are really small producers, just like the small breweries. I think it's really exciting to partner with small grain producers and hop producers as we do small batch beers. Cheers, New York State. Yeah. 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 So, Mark, just t- talk me through your beer one more time. So, this came out of the from Mentor. Yeah, so this kind of mentor, it's, it's dead flat. Uh, it has a little bit, you know, it, it's it doesn't have um, a very strong uh, hop characteristic. It's it's meant to be more like a, a California Common, which would be more like a kind of crisp uh, a lager. It's sort of a strange style because it's 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 an ale yeast fermented at higher temperatures, so it has a very specific. Uh, flavor, so it's sort of in between, almost like an ale and, and a lager. Uh, the the closest beer you might know would be a, a, a steam beer. Anchor Steam makes a beer like this. It's delicious, by the way, even yeah. right out of the fermenter. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, I, it's I can't wait for it to be carbonated. And be awesome. are you? How many kegs are you making of this beer? So this uh, we did a five barrel. So it's going to be just ten kegs in New York City for a beer week, and it'll probably be gone by the end so of the week. So it's just going to be at some of the the events. Yeah, bring up to a few of the events. We'll have it at our tasting room in Long Island City at our brewery and um, yeah it'll be gone in a week I mean, yeah, and, and at New York City's Brewer's Choice yeah so you guys also recently I know Big Alice has expanded a little bit You've, all the bios are out of date, just so you know, guys. Yeah, we it's realized like, that. You guys were the one-third barrel Big Alice. Now you're like, what are you guys now? <laughs> we're uh, Actually, we're on a five-barrel system now. And then Rockaway, That's you guys... That's the same. We're at five barrels well. Yeah. So we're still... I think people consider us kind of nano-brewing still. If you look at the size of other people's systems, you know, 30, 40, 50 barrel systems like this is really small production we but, used to be pico now now we're nano <laughs> <laughs> that's but that's what's really exciting pico. about about what's going on in new york city craft beer is you're gonna ha- taste beers that you only can get here for a week or two or or three weeks and then it's gone i remember a couple years ago when when, when the the craft the, it was new york craft beer week was transitioning to the new york city brewers guild the new york they talked to like Ben Hudson and, and uh, Steve Handy at Brooklyn Brewery. And they, people started to say, yeah, we, we should have the brewers do like a special beer, like someone said, an Abbey beer. So I'm really proud of you guys that, that you did this because it's getting me excited about the, the beers you guys can make, you know. We had talked for a long time about, you know, doing a giant collaboration, but, you know, getting 
it's awesome that we have too many brewers to make that a practical idea. And instead, doing a project like this kind of is is a, is, is a lot more fun and a lot more diverse, and and can get more places by having. And I love the fact that he brought the homebrewers into it because they're all very excited. And a lot of the homebrewers are going to be professional brewers eventually. So a lot of the ones that are pouring at Brewer's Choice are well, in you, that process. You have a like table. Andrew so Bitternesters has a table. The Knights of Brooklyn, led by Andrew Say Thomas, right. has homebrewers. And the Brooklyn uh, homebrew shop also is sent on a table. So it's so awesome. You know, it's, it's just it, it brings us all together. Uh, because we are, we're, as homebrewers, we are still brewers. And, well, and also to tie it in, we, we always have New City Brewer's Choice. We have great food. So we have we have a raw bar. We have bakers. We have cheese guys. We have some sp- chefs doing special special dishes. We also have we also bring in uh, an, out, an out-of-state keynote speaker. Last year we had Jeff O'Neill from Peekskill. Mike Hinckley from uh, Green Flash is coming in because cool. I felt that this is – this should be like a national event, and people should be coming here from all over the country. So Green Flash is going to be in town because they're doing tastings with their Alpine. So there's a lot of stuff going on. I'll give that pitch, too. I think on the weekend, Green Flash and Alpine are doing a number of tastings together. I know they're going to be at Blind Tiger one day. So this is going to be a great beer week. I think I think it's really come together. Really looking forward to it. And uh, any closing words or events besides that pancake? Who wants to host a pancake breakfast? <laughs> Maybe uh, we will. Yeah, <laughs> with all that maple syrup. Pie. Well, we're at that, right down the street from uh, Big Alice. Maybe we can do it upstairs at our event space. I do a really mean ricotta pancake, by the oh, way. You do the pancake. Oh, wait, Chris, Kuzet. So as Kuzet now, you're making at Greenpoint Beer Works. For the first one. So the, like, the concept behind the thing is to kind of re- celebrate the brewers that we love in New York City. Try and, try and gypsy brew within New York City if we can. We'll do a lot of things at, at Greenpoint Beer Works, but we'd also like to do be collaborations. Gypsies. And we'll be gypsies. So yeah. when you make at Greenpoint Beer Works, w- what size system are you working on? Uh, for this first batch, 15 barrels, and you know uh, we're, we're going to continue with 15 That's barrels. That's huge. It's be fun. Yeah, it's three <laughs> times what three times what, what he's doing over there. I have a half barrel um, system. So yeah, who yeah. wants to host a pancake breakfast for Beer Week with all the, what 200 pounds of honey? Uh, it's it's Something a lot. Like, oh, 200 dollars. Yeah. yeah. Well, maple syrup. <laughs> There's no pancake breakfast officially on the roster, but there will be soon, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'd be remiss not to say that we are having a closing brunch for New York City Beer Week at Brooklyn Bowl on Sunday, March 1st. That's going to kind of tie everything up, and uh, tickets are like 40 bucks, and the food will be provided by Blue Ribbon. It'll be a wow. beer brunch. Yeah, it's going to be banging. And uh, because it's at Brooklyn Bowl, there'll be a brass band, and, and we're going to serve New York City beers. It's going to be a lot of fun and a uh, nice wind down. And, uh, and then we can exhale. And then we can, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, then just to talk about the, the nice camaraderie in this room, I mean, this, you guys have been brewing together and, and working together now in New York City Brewers Guild and New York City Beer Week. Chris had a funny comment. He, he said, he was talking about a Friday that we had, and he said, he said Sober Friday. So, <laughs> I just want to make a point. So when you said Sober Friday, that was ironic, right? Irony. Yeah, I, I, haven't, I don't remember any Sober Fridays. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but we have a lot of fun together, and I'll Hopefully tell you they what. start out that way. <laughs> right. Keep listening, and, and I would say, you know, if, if, you're, if you're listening live or, or, you know, later this week, there's so much. It's NewYorkCityBeerWeek.com? NewYorkCityBrewersGuild.com. But NYC and NYCBeerWeek.com. Yeah, check or that out. Or NYCBG.com. And NYCBrewersChoice.com, which is the best yes. event of the week because of you guys <laughs> yes. stepping up. And in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to Kyle, Marcus, John, and Chris for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Maggie Seiden and Justin Kennedy, and our engineer, Jack Inslee. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. All right. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. 
You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore radio. You can email us with questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening. 